0: One of the best things that I do that most people don't do, it's not because I'm smart, is ask good questions. And I say that because I'm not the smartest bulb on the tree. I get that. But I learn fast. And if someone else has done it, I can do it better.
1: Welcome to the Resilient Recruiter Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Whitby. And today we're joined by David Perry. David is the managing partner of Perry Martel International in Ottawa, Canada. Over the last 35 years, David has negotiated over $400 in executive salaries on five continents. In addition to being a top-producing headhunter, David is the author of a number of books on job search and recruitment, including Guerrilla Marketing for Job Hunters 3.0, Hiring Greatness, How to Recruit Your Dream Team and Crush the Competition, and Executive Recruiting for Dummies. David's currently writing a a fourth book with his co author, Ron Weens, and it's titled Revolutions Need Leaders How to Recognize, Recruit, and Retain Leaders to Dominate the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Nicknamed the Rogue Recruiter by The Wall Street Journal, David teaches companies how to hire and keep the right executives, and he teaches candidates how to make business decisions that will shape their
0: careers. David, welcome back. Thanks for being on the show again. Well, happy New Year! Thanks for having me back. You know, miracles never cease. Huh.
1: Happy birthday, and uh, or I <laughs> should say, happy New Year and happy birthday, because today is your birthday. Yep, number sixty-four. That is awesome. I am grateful that you took some time out on your birthday to to record with me. That's awesome.
0: Well, to be honest, I didn't know it was my birthday. I knew I had the, uh, I knew I had the deal to, the, to do with you today, but I, I had forgotten it was actually my birthday. But, but
1: I'm happy to be here. Happy to be here. Fantastic. So I understand you just closed 250K <clears throat> in business before Christmas. What keeps you going after 35 years in the business that you seem to just have as much hunger and energy as ever?
0: Oh, well, I, um, so I don't know. I mean, you know, it hasn't changed. I mean, I put 250 in before Christmas. I just just put 610 in yesterday, and I'm sitting on 500,000 dollars in uh, uh, fees uh, right now that I got to deliver over the next uh, month or two. Um, nothing, but you know, we're going to talk eventually. You're going to ask me questions about how do I do this. So let me ask, answer the question first. Okay. So your, your readers will probably have an appreciation for this. You play pool, right? Uh, very badly and only occasionally, but I, I'm okay. familiar with pool. yes. So you're probably like most people. Most people and most recruiters are usually good for sinking a shot. Maybe a second one. Okay. Rarely a third one. Yep. Rarely rarely can someone clean the table. So this is how we think about search. We get a lot of inquiries to do work for companies. It, it We have a deal flow that just comes in because of my talks, the books, the whole nine yards. So when we're vetting a company, we're always thinking about, and I'm and I'm quite blunt with them. What's next? And now is a good example. We signed two deals officially. We started yesterday. Um, we hired a VP of IT for a company. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took me uh, I don't know three days to find the guy, two weeks to get him to talk to us, and um, five weeks to, five five weeks five months to close the deal. You know, the interviews, and then we had to wait three months for the guy to join. He starts next Tuesday. My point being um, this company had spent countless tens of millions of dollars putting in, in a system in their manufacturing facility. It had not been done correctly, primarily because the company had never hired a VP of IT for manufacturing before, didn't know what to ask, uh, really didn't know what to expect. So they found someone with great personality, really wowed them. They hired him. And five years later, he quit never having delivered. My my point being, when we're talking to this client, you know, we could have faced the same thing, right? We could have done a deal. They could have asked the wrong questions um, and we'd be doing a a, a replacement. You know, we have a one-year guarantee. So I said to the potential client, because we actually hadn't cashed their check yet. I said, okay, we're going to do this. And here's what we're going to do. Um, you've, seen, you've seen the proposal, you're responsible for this, 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 and this. You, you basically show up. I'm going to ask all the questions. On uh, from the first interview, the Zoom interview said, we'll get it right. We'll hire the, ver- the first person. But hiring this person will fix your capacity challenge. But what about this? And what about this? Because these are the next two people you need to hire. Mm-hmm. If we do an outstanding job, and you can still stand the look at my face when we're finished, will you consider letting us do this as well? And they said, yes. Now, of course they're gonna say yes. Why, they, why would they say no? But they said yes, and we started those searches yesterday. Awesome, so, so, so wait a second. Like, this is like <clears throat> playing, pool. So sorry about that, it's my ADHD. That's <laughs> like playing pool. Before we do a deal, we wanna look down the table and go, okay, what's the next ball? What's the next ball? What's the next ball? And oftentimes we won't take a search. Um, because we can't see the next one. And it's an, you know, you know you did this for a living. It's an enormous it's an inordinate amount of time that it takes to understand the culture, the fit of an organization. You know, skills, experience, that's a checkbox, right? It's the fit that counts. Mm-hmm. That's what takes all the the time and energy at the front end. So I don't want to keep repeating this. I just want to I want to find a client that I can, you know, do a trifecta. In this case, it's VP IT, VP sales, VP operations. Um, I'll do the trifecta and then I can leave them alone and they're going to explode with growth as opposed to going and finding two more people, come, clients to do this with. No, I'll do it with the one and they'll explode with growth. As they do, we'll step in to either train them or help them vet candidates that we teach them. You know, go get these guys yourself. You get problem, call us. But that's how we that's how we do it. So, that's, that's the pool table analogy. I love it. So, yeah, when
1: you explain it like that, it sounds obvious, but I never quite thought of it that way before. It's going to be easier to place three people with one company than three people with three different companies because you've already learned the culture, you've got the relationship, you're going to be able to identify the fit. That is brilliant. So can you just break are that gonna, down? A, go ahead, David.
0: Are you going to ask me about discounts now?
1: <laughs> Do you give that any? no. Okay. So,
0: so yes and no. Okay. The discount really is the amount of time they save in my getting the right individual into the role. When you're talking about an executive hire, even a director hire, even salespeople, there's a cost involved in not having the person in the role. And most people don't talk about that. Great point. We we do.
1: Okay. Okay. I want to i w I wanna I'm just gonna make a note to talk to you about the cost of not having someone in the role because I think that's powerful. But first, uh I wanted to ask you about when you are doing that intake call with a client and you're still evaluating do we wanna work together or not. Um do you always almost pre close them on those subsequent roles when you before you take the yes. first one? Okay.
0: Yes. Great. I, I I will so so great question. I will I will pre-close them. And this is exactly how we did it. Um, I will pre-close them on doing the deal. And then we done everything via Zoom. And what we said was, hey, you know, we haven't met yet. You may hate my guts. There's somebody somewhere that does. <laughs> so I said, well, let, let's meet. So we went down, we had the meeting. We had a two hour across the table where they asked us questions. I tell stories because that's what I do. And uh, and then I asked them questions and then I closed on this. I said, "Okay, we're going to do this, and when we do this, it's going to mean this, 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 and this." Okay, this is the value, and that's this is the financial value, and this is the value of you not having to do the job yourself, Mr. CEO, and yep. not being able to sleep at night. Um, I said, "But when we do this, and it's fantastic, uh, you're going to give us a, a reference, and." Give us an opportunity to fill these other two roles. And he said, "What other two roles?" I said, "Well, you need one of these and you need one of these." I've already done the assessment of the, uh, of the of your your company. I've been through the website. I've read all the stuff. I understand who you have on board. I understand where you are and where you want to go. And you don't have the skill set on board to make that happen. So all I'm saying is I'm just pointing out the obvious. Mm-hmm. If we do a great job, there'd be no reason to throw me under the bus other than, than pure pleasure. Um, <laughs> and I'm volunteering that if we do a great job. We will come and we can, and we like each other at the end of this. Uh, we'll come back and, and do the others. I said, you think about it now, what, what you really need from these two positions that you don't have yet. And so they went away to do that and we went away to do our job. Fantastic. I love Does that, that answer that question, yeah, Mark? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely.
1: You not only ask you for, assuming you do a great job, which of course you will, <clears throat> you're going to get the other two searches. You also are getting them to agree that they'll give you referrals as well. Yeah. That's and brilliant. they already have.
0: And I said, you know, working for you and serving you is one thing, but I want access to all your friends. And I want you to be proud to, you know, to pass my name on. Because that's what happened 40 years ago in real estate. I mean, that's how we ended up doing the um, Canary Wharf project. That's right. In London. (laughs) Yeah. From Ottawa, for God's sake, right? Yeah. And, and, And the company is in Toronto, so it's not like I knew anybody. But I got passed from family to family to family. And this is how we approached... The business. It's a longer-term strategy. I haven't done smile and dial for years. I still do it. I'll still take a you know an NPC and uh, put lipstick on them and take them to the market. But I do it only if they're absolutely extraordinary. Because every time I place somebody, I'm not just placing that one person with that one company. Maybe it's a niche I haven't been in before, and I want to dominate that niche. I want mm-hmm. to take the top one or two companies. That can play with my current client without your inter- interference, and make them clients. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. What's
1: okay? This is a tangent, David, but I, I'm sorry. I don't know if I know the Canary Wharf story. I do know that um, the the builders were Rothman, right? Um, o, o and Y, yes. And uh, there are buildings there named after Canadian. Cities? Is that what's the connection?
0: You mean to to me or to, to the deal? To
1: both. Yeah. What's? How
0: did you oh, get involved well, in Canary War? <laughs> well, I had done a deal with mm-hmm. a gentleman by the name of Jonathan Wiener at Canderell, okay which is a, a development company in Montreal. Back in 1986 or 87, um, we helped them open up. Or established their foothold in Montreal, where they were growing, okay. in Ottawa, and then Toronto, and then along. And then I got introduced from by him to Lauren Braithwaite, who ran the biggest shopping centers uh, uh, consortium in the country. Okay, um, and then he introduced me to the guys that had just finished doing the Dome Stadium. That's where the Blue Jays play. Yeah, you know, he was at a party and said, "Oh well, you talk to this guy." And these guys, um, I hired their, this was Omer's Realty, the Ontario Municipal Employees Retirement System. Um, these two guys finished doing the Dome Stadium. Uh, Omer's was is the biggest pension fund in the country. They hired these two guys and said, here's a check. They wrote them a check for 3.8 million, sorry, $3.8 billion and said, go buy real estate. And... I was talking to Lauren. Lauren said, call, "Call Chuck." And I called these guys, and they needed a CFO. They needed a CFO who understood real estate, did business internationally. What was the other thing? Oh, and he skied. And that was and that was the that was that was that was the clincher. So I needed a, a, a CFO who understood who understood real estate and had done business on both sides of the deal of the of the border, and skied. Because why the skiing? Because Paul and um, Chuck Magwood used to go skiing before they would sign a deal. They get it right to the point, they needed their signatures, they go skiing, and then they decide on the hill, yeah, we're going to do the deal. So there were 21 guys in 19 companies in Canada that fit the bill. 19 of them said, are you going to bleep me out afterwards? No, you can say Uh, what you want. 19 of them said, no, my wife keeps chastising me not to swear. Uh, 19 of them said, no freaking way. They did. It was shorter than that. So I found there were only two guys that would actually work for Chuck. Chuck had just finished building this dome stadium, right? Okay. And he's a taskmaster. There's only two guys. So I interviewed both of them. And um, the second guy was um, five foot six, red hair, beard and mustache, and wore a green suit to the interview. Anyway, the guy we hired... Uh, it was a. Uh, As um, the CFO was a CA. MBA, PhD, six foot three, and skied.
1: He's in the skiing. Is uh, was the clincher. Yeah.
0: Now it took six months to close the deal. Okay. Because that was back when I did contingency. I got a three day head start on everybody else. In the, this is the God is honest truth. I got a three-day head start on everybody else in the country. And when I presented the first guy, the guy that they ended up hiring, they said, okay, we like him, but uh, you know, we're going to open this up to everybody in the uh, country now. It was a free-for-all. Marty, crazy. his secretary, called me about five weeks in and she said, listen, don't send anything because we need to change the fax machine. I said, why? I said, because we burnt out a fax machine with all the unsolicited candidates that are being sent in. I said, fine, uh, do what you got to do. So um, March 1st, yeah, March first, nineteen ninety, about this time, Marty called me and said, Okay, uh, Chuck got your message and uh we're gonna we're gonna make we're, we're gonna make that offer to Michael. And I said, What message? She said, You left you you left Chuck a message um, at about five o'clock in the morning <laughs> and she said and Chuck heard it and said, Okay, just do the deal. I said Marty, this is the secretary. I have no idea what you're talking about. She said, Well, we saved it. And she replayed it for me over the phone. Apparently, my wife had just given birth to my first uh, child, Krista. It's her, it's so she's 34 in a couple of weeks. And um, I I apparently picked up the phone and said, Chuck, David, listen, shit I get off the pot. I'm tired of this. He's the right guy. You're dragging your ass. This isn't actually not verbatim, verb, but that was what it was. I said, "Just <laughs> do the deal. Click, boom." So it did. So that was a huge fee at the time. In Fantastic. 19, 1991, I think it was. That was wow. like seven And you had 80, no recollection fee. of leaving that message. Hilarious. Not a clue. Not a clue. Now, good news. Yeah. I've closed two other deals when my son was born in between contractions. <laughs> I don't. Ta- I don't talk about it very much because sometimes Anita gets a little upset. But yeah. Yeah. No kidding. That's
1: funny. By the way, I just looked it up. It wasn't uh, Rothman. It was Reichman, Paul Reichman, Canadian Property it's a, Tycoon. It's the Reichman Brothers, yeah. Yeah, Reichman Brothers, that's right. But they're Canadian, but they built yep. Canary Wharf. Yeah, and a lot of other stuff. Okay. All right. Wow. Okay, so that little <clears throat> segue, coming back to how you set up the kind of rules of engagement from the beginning with these uh, these clients, <clears throat> one of the things you mentioned was, here's what I'm responsible for, here's what you're responsible for. Could you go into a little more detail about the mutual expectations that you set with clients about how you run the the hiring process?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a 27-page proposal. Okay, cool. Here is the short of it. Mm -hmm. I'm responsible from this moment forward, taking everything you're thinking and delivering what you need against your problem. It's as simple as that. You are responsible for showing up, doing the interview with us, because Anita and I, I'll talk about that in a second, doing the interview with us, and then spending a half an hour to 45 minutes after every interview debriefing and taking it apart, so it could be because we benchmark, and then we continue to go out and do the search. Mm-hmm. I said, if you can guarantee me that you're going to show up for the interview, that you're going to do 45-minute debrief afterwards, we'll take the project. If you think you can't, we're not the guys because you're telling me that it's not important enough. You got mm. this big you got this big hairy ass problem and we're going to solve it for you. I am not going to run after you. I got to chase candidates who already have jobs that they love. They're not looking for a new one. They don't like recruiters. I got to go in and, and endear myself to these people to bring them to the table. And then I've got to put this economic marriage together and you might not be available. No. And you can't substitute. I will accept no substitutions. If you wanna bring them along your VP HR or a VP of engineering, that's fine, but you don't have somebody else show up for one of your interviews. If you can promise me that, we'll do the project. I love it. And so it sounds like you
1: and Anita run the interviews, which is unusual as well. well or-
0: oh, we do, but, but, but here's the logic, okay? Yeah. It's twofold. Um, and this is all in executive recruiting for dummies, by the way, this is not a uh, secret sauce. Um, most clients don't know what to ask, mm-hmm. okay? You've seen our position profiles. Yeah. We, we, we do an intake with a client that produces a five to six page overview that we send to candidates. So when they read this, even if they're not looking for a job, they want to they interview. Yeah. That's that side. Clients don't understand what questions they need to ask, A, to find out if they have the experience that, that's required, mm-hmm. and B, to make sure they're not BSing them, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so we do all that for them. We write all the interview questions. I ask all the interview questions. And I tell clients, listen, I want you listening to the interview. I want you thinking about what somebody just said. Because after I finish a- asking the question and they finish answering it, there's your opportunity, Mr. Employer, to jump in and go down a rabbit hole and ask some other questions. So what, what we do is we create an environment where we have a conversation we have a conversation about the organization. We have a conversation about the person's uh, background, mm-hmm. so that everybody can see if it fits or, or it doesn't. And, and generally speaking, it fits.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Does that answer that question? Yeah, br- brilliant. So
1: um, you run the interview, or you co co chair the interview with the client. You and it, you and Anita both do it. Yes.
0: Okay. Fantastic. And 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 in the last couple of years, Corey, our yeah. son who is the director of of, uh, ops, he's on it as well. So, you know, we're on a Zoom call with anywhere from five to eight people. Okay. And I introduce everybody when they pop on and I tell candidates this ahead of time. I said, we're not here to overwhelm you. I said, I'm here to ask the questions as I've said. Anita won't say a word because she's listening to everything you say because it's all going to be used against you later. (laughs) But, um, and she's brilliant from the psychs, from the psychological assessment. EQI, yeah. part of the, the equation, she's brilliant. And she sees stuff that I don't see. And, and oftentimes the clients see stuff that we don't see because we're not nuanced enough in the business. Yeah. And and this is what it's a it's a team effort. Okay. And
1: then there's a debrief <clears throat> after each and every single interview. You don't do yep. a do a
0: block of interviews and then have a general no. 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 You, so so great question. Um yeah you know, I've run stuff like that thirty five years ago, but when I went into some of the deeper searches that I needed to mm-hmm. real estate construction and tech, I don't know squat mm. right that's a whole other that's a whole nother story so I'm there asking questions so that I'm getting answers and and i'm I think I'm answering the right question, and they're asking more and more of these questions, so we're we're benchmarking as we go. I'll go out and find someone that I think is, you know, 90% fit from what I can see. Okay. Uh, fit and uh, psychological and at least 85% fit experience yeah. wise. And then we'll do the interview. And, you know, my first question, and people are going to groan, but my first question after every single one of these interviews is, Mark, how do you feel? Oh, is that an uncomfortable because mm. uh, now they have to quantify everything. I've asked them, how do they feel? Well, I yeah. feel great or I feel horrible or I don't like why because I don't care um, about, I, I don't care about, what I care about is understanding what I'm missing. Did I miss something in a candidate, you know, in the fit or the experience or does, or does the client have a blockage? I'll give you an example. We're hiring a VP for a company for a sales role, VP sales role. And the clients got a real blockage because we were out doing another search for them when they decided that this was easy. And they went and did it themselves mm-hmm. and paid a fortune. Guy came on board, didn't sell a stick of anything for six months. They had to let him go. So now they took what they thought was an easy thing. And they blew it. And now every time we talk about something, I wasn't involved in that search at all. Mm-hmm. Every time we talk about something, it brings up a question that he asked or was answered. So now he's, con- he's con- comparing candidates with the failure that he had. Mm-hmm. And all I can do is step them through it mm-hmm. until we get to you know a clear field. And that's what we're doing.
1: Video interviewing has been part of mainstream recruitment for over a decade now, but have you figured it out yet? Video interviewing certainly looks good as part of your recruitment service. It gives you the appearance of being a cutting-edge recruitment business owner on the front line of technology. But is it paying its way? Are you getting more new business, more repeat business because you're using video interviewing? Or is it starting to look more like a financial drain on your recruitment business? Our sponsor and trusted partner iintro has a solution for this. Their video interviewing is just one part of a complete suite of recruitment tools, so you don't need to spend a fortune on yet another tech platform. Everything you need is included in one package. Additionally, they provide training for your recruitment firm to make sure you're using the technology to the best possible effect for your existing clients, as well as how to use it to attract new clients. If you're thinking of investing in video interviewing, don't take another step until you've requested your free demonstration from iIntro. Just go to recruitmentcoach.com forward slash retained to book your free consultation. See for yourself how to use video interviewing to get a true return on your investment. That's recruitmentcoach.com forward slash retained. This is awesome. This is really good stuff because not, I don't know anyone else who does it the way that you're describing, uh, David. Can I ask you about the cost of not having a person in place? Now, I think every executive every hiring manager can understand that on a theoretical basis but do you have any way of quantifying that for them so
0: that they really understand yeah. that your fee is is very good value Oh uh, absolutely but uh, before I before I answer that yeah. question I have to point out that your friends at iintro yeah they've got that down to a science and you know it that's they've true they've got it down to a science I've interviewed with these guys a couple of times you know anybody that's thinking um, how do I get a client to talk about that? Go talk to the guys at iintro. Intro. Well worth investing in that. Well, I um, no so that I'm, I know they have the cost of
1: a bad hire calculator, yep. right? Which quantifies it. But you're talking about the cost of not filling the role. Maybe they have that too. I'm not sure. But what's your what's the
0: David Perry uh, formula for that? Oh, it's, I just simply asking the question. So VP of Sales, how much revenue? Are, 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 how much are they on? What are their KPIs this year? Mm-hmm. How much are they supposed to deliver? Huh, okay. So how's that working? Oh, why are they behind? Huh. Okay, so that if this keeps going, uh, they're behind 5 million or 7 million now. If this goes for another quarter, does, is this linear? Are you, you Another 7 million? Well, no, it's really only about 5. I said, oh, so you've got an extra 5 million that you don't care about. <laughs> well, no, I didn't say that. I said, well, no, you just did. I said, look, I'm not trying to trick you here. You, you just did. So l- let's talk about that there's an opportunity cost and the opportunity cost is you get it wrong again. If you have got the money by all means save 30,000, you know, but if the 5 million is more important, maybe you should spend the 30 to get us on board in another 60. So even if you spend 100, you're still up 4.9 million. That's the way I think you need to think about it. Yep. Now HR doesn't think that way. But the CEO and the yep. chairman of the board, yes. Yeah. So I've listened to a lot of your podcasts. I really enjoy them, by the way. Thanks, David. Um, I love listening to people that are smarter than me. So I'm always here. Um, And uh, there's still a lot of people that deal with HR. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with HR. I've stopped picking on them about a decade ago. Now, most of them I just feel sorry for. Now, I don't mean that in a malicious way, but I still work with HR because every now and then you find a real gem. And the way you find out if you got a real gen is go on LinkedIn. What's their degree in? If it's in psychology, or if it's in operations, or if they've got experience in any other part of the business before they went into HR, you got a winner. Right. Because they because they they understand it, they understand the whole, and not just some of the pieces. And they and if they've experienced it, oh my God, now there's got there's someone you can partner with. Right. I mean, you can literally go and just look for VPs of HR, and Find ones that have got experience or an advanced degree and go talk to them. It's a whole different conversation, completely.
1: I love it. Great. But uh, I, g- I
0: generally prefer the
1: uh, the CEO. Distinction. Um, what's an average deal size for
0: you, David? Uh, revenue or fees. The fee, your fee, <sighs> you're a part of it. Uh, they're going to range from a low of 60 okay, to 150, 200. Okay. Fantastic. Now before anybody gets disappointed, oh I'm not like that. If you have any listeners, understand mm-hmm. that the first deal I ever did mm-hmm. was for a um store manager for a company and uh the fee was $5,000. Awesome. And I and I got of that against my $500 a month draw. So, yes, you appreciate this. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. My first salary in recruiting was 10,500 pounds. Wow. And um, I remember my first placement fee. Yeah, it was similar. It was probably about $5,000 or the equivalent thereof. Uh, um, In fact, that was my average fee for for a while, for the first year, I think, uh, before I realized, hey, I should... Be working on jobs with bigger salaries because then I'll be doing the same amount of work, uh, but I'll make more money. I don't know why it took me a year to figure that out, but...
0: Um, Probably because case- the, exe- the life expectancy of the business, and I'm a little bit older than you, but the life expectancy of the business when I got in, and you know, it's not much better than that now, was about 45 days. Yeah, Most, most <laughs> people lasted. They did. They did two placements. Maybe three, but here's how it worked. The first placement, they got lucky. They found someone. The next person they placed was themselves. Right? Right, Or two friends in themselves, and they got out. When when, when I joined Console Pro, which was the firm that I was with before I started Perry Martel, I'd come back from my honeymoon. I'd had uh, $85,000 in deals close. My boss, instead of congratulating me, fired me because he thought I got, he, he said, you just got lucky. So he kept all the money. It's uh, a well-known story. Yeah, um, And so I walked down the street to work for this, interview with this other company. And um, they ended up hiring me. Uh, it took about two hours. Um, and there's six guys there, and they sold me on this $100,000 a year opportunity. Fast forward, it's got to be, call it two months, but it wasn't. Um, there's just me, the branch manager, the other five guys gone. You know, yeah, $100,000 gone. And, and th- that year, I was rookie of the year. I built. I think $99,000, my boss billed one nineteen. That's and they were so excited for me. They hadn't um, awarded rookie of the year for like 10 years. I was so depressed. It was unbelievable. But um, I stuck around and uh, didn't leave until three quarters of the way through my second year. Hilarious.
1: Wow. And then here we are 35 years later. Um, David, listen, uh, I'm just conscious we're halfway through our time, and I want to ask you about this exciting website project you got, WorkInsight.io. Tell me what this is all about and, and how you got involved.
0: Okay, I'm going to try and keep it short. You can ask me questions because okay. I, know I, I know I prattle. WorkInsight.io is something that I started with my best friend. It actually was .com at the time. In 1982, there's a whole history of us doing stuff together until that point. Okay. Um, and then we started on this latest project, and we were getting ready to bring it to fruition in, oh my God, oh, it's been a long time, um, 2008. Okay. Um, and he had he had died. He had had a heart attack the year oh before goodness. and died. And so he took everything with him, all, this, all the secret codes, everything with him. So his brother and I, who had only, we'd only just met, um, um, met at the, uh, the funeral because I gave the eulogy. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dave, I gave the eulogy for Kevin. Um, Dave's brother said, we, t- we should finish this thing, you know, for Kevin's, um, you know, to honor Kevin. Absolutely great idea. Well, here we are. It's a long time later, man. He didn't die in 2008. Sorry, he died in 2012. Okay. I had, I had a stroke in 2008. I remember that. Yeah. Um, so it's taken us all this time to build this site and another one. Okay. We've been offered money. We haven't taken any money. Uh, we haven't tried to raise any money. We built everything out of cash. I ran a guerrilla job search boot camp because of the guerrilla marketing for job hunter series. We sold 214 people a seat in a boot camp. Yeah, for five grand U.S. each, and then we took that money, and uh, by the way, everybody everybody graduated, everybody got a job, Um, and we took that money and rolled it into developing my new job hunt, which is one thing, and then Work Insight. And what Work Insight is is I um, I don't know if you experience this in the U.K., but we experience it a lot in Canada and the states. There's a lot of brilliant companies out there who can't get the right people. And they can't get the right people, from my estimation, because they can't afford to spend $300 or $500 a month advertising for whatever in one city, and then have to multiply that across the cities. So we put Work Insight together to democratize the recruiting industry. Okay. What we've built in Work Insight and the, and the sister site is what a bunch of unnamed job boards and, and social media sites should have built this is designed to help people get the right role. That's why it's free. It's free for recruiters to use and post. It's free for job hunters to come and um, find jobs and post your credentials. And we have, uh, so we've, we're we trying to democratize the hiring that way. This way, smaller companies have got a great idea, um, can actually find people and do it themselves. At the same time, the recruit the in my limited view of the world, the world revolves around recruiting. If we don't place somebody on a given day, something doesn't happen somewhere. I mean, that's how important, how important I think the recruiting industry is. Um, so what do you mean by that, David? Well, you, know, take a, a VP of sales you're hiring. If you don't hire that VP of sales, nothing gets sold. Nothing happens at that company. Got it. So it's anything. So if we can't, if we're not filling our orders, if we're not filling our mandates, you know, the company is standing still. So by making this tech platform available, I'm hoping that recruiters will be able to find people and place them faster. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that candidates will will be smart enough to come and post their credentials. And because the entire site is cloaked in anani- anonymity, okay, the candidates are anonymous. Yeah recruiters, and this is the biggest beef uh, candidates have against recruiters you know i called someone they never called me back yep. or, so this site is is has been designed to be candidate centric mm-hmm. it's like bumble the dating the dating site okay yeah okay it's the same same sort of thing candidates can come and put as much information in as they want yeah <clears throat> recruiters can find incredible depth of detail and then if they're interested they can go hey hey mark i saw your you know, profile. or Actually, they don't know. Hey, XYZ, blah, blah, blah. I saw your profile on Work Insight. I've got this kind of opportunity. Should we talk? And then you can start to have a dialogue back and forth. And the candidate gets to ask the right questions to make sure, yeah, this is something that I would be really interested in and tell them why. And the recruiter's not under the pressure to do the song and dance or just answering questions. Because Typically, recruiters have to do a song and dance with candidates. Sure. What's a fantastic, this and this and this? No, no, no. Talk about the details because they don't have to tell the candidate who the client is. Okay. You know, so they're both matching up that way. And then when there's a marriage, they just go do their stuff. And the candidate, if they're smart, and most of them are, they leave their profile up. Why? Because it takes, in America right now, it takes an average of 38 weeks to find a new job. Okay. That's that's the unemployment expectation, 38 weeks. Now, most people are going to have to get another job between 18 and 24 months. That's how long the typical job lasts. I'm an economist and, and a labor statistician by training. So I follow the US Labor Board. So this, these are hard numbers. So answer me this if someone's got a job and uh, it's only going to last 18 months and all of a sudden they'll let go, well, now they've got to wait 38 weeks, typically, to get another job. I don't know very many people that have got 10 months of salary in the bank. Yeah, hardly anyone. So <clears throat> it's insanity. So what they do with Work Insight is you find a job, you can either turn it off, you can put it on pause, whatever you want, or just the offers keep coming in. And, and this, will, this will give candidates the opportunity to better themselves over time. Yeah. And I believe it will force employers to be smarter and fairer with the candidates that they have. Because now all of a sudden the whole market is fluid. So now it, it, let's talk about open AI in a second, if, if you're yeah. gonna go there. Yeah, let's because that's what the next book's all about. Not a open AI, AI specifically, but this concept. We're removing the blockages. Mm. I mean, you know, I, I was part of Simply Hired's launch team. Okay. Um, I, you know, I won't talk about Jeff and Monsterboard. Uh, and I was I was on Zoom's advisory board and a whole bunch of other uh, job boards. So, I know what they do. I know how they make money. Um, and that's one side of the equation. What they don't do is solve the problem. You know, As an employer, I need this. How do I find them? They don't make it easy, mm-hmm. none of them, even the social media sites. And for the candidates, they don't make it easy either. There's all kinds of blockages along the way. So, I'm taking the it's going to cost money blockage out. I'm taking the anonymity so that I can actually have a conversation with a recruiter. And we're all great people. Let's let's be honest. We're all I haven't met a recruiter yet, I haven't liked. Um, so it takes all the so with the anonymity, we take the hassle out of hassle out of dealing with a recruiter because all of a sudden both sides can be completely honest. You know, when workinsight.io, when you come in as a candidate, and this is the where we're going with this, we say, hey, you know what? Why don't you? We've all heard the term "hired for skill, fired for fit." I blew. It, I actually screamed the last time someone said this in a um, in a conference. I was at, actually at a conference and I just howled, and I apologized. Um, <laughs> but we've known for four decades: hired for skill, fired for fit. If we know this doesn't work, and we know that the um, the turnover rate stays at a steady twenty-four percent why don't we fix that? So what Absolutely. we've done with, with Work Insight, is you should come in as a candidate and we say, hey, take a psych assessment. It's free. And, and we'll tell you, here are the types of companies you're going to fit well with. And where we're going with this over time is you'll come to Work Insight in a couple of years from now and you'll say, okay, I did the psych assessment. I am a purple you know, we're going to color companies and their yep. cultures different colors. Okay, so I'm a purple. So forget looking at all. Forget looking for skills. Look for a company that you know you fit the culture. I'm a purple, so I go looking for. I just look inside the purples. <laughs> That's cool. I like that concept. It
1: makes so, it easier, right? Definitely. So I go to work. At, let, let's pretend I'm a candidate. I'm. Uh, I'm looking for a new job. Now, who's this for? By the way, is it like in terms of? Role, ty, you know, function, industry, and location. Who is who is the target audience for WorkInsight.io? Well,
0: I'm I'm sorry to say that the that the the one prerequisite you gotta speak English and okay. read English. Got it. I have not. We have not done it in any other language. Not going to until we have to. Okay. No, I, pay, I paid for all this. Doing all those languages would have been just silly. I hear you. So I'm I, I'm an English speaker,
1: but yep. yeah. Are, is it uh, any type of job anywhere? Anything. In anything. What, North America or? Uh, English-speaking world. Oh, the English-speaking world. Wow,
0: okay. So, so, so here's so, what we did. Mm-hmm. We, You know what an aggregator is? Yeah. Well, Kevin, David's brother, mm-hmm. wrote the first aggregator back in 98. Okay. And he thought it was a toy. I thought it was a business. He thought it was a toy until simply hired... And indeed came along and got like $135 million to build an aggregator. And then I looked at him and I said, okay. <laughs> but he's an en- he's an engineer. I'm That's a right. BA, right? So um we built we've built an aggregator. Actually, mm-hmm. it's a super aggregator, and, and this is an aggregator that aggregates the aggregators. <laughs> okay. And you can look on the site today, in the last year and a bit, mm-hmm. it's already cycled through 17 and a half million jobs. The jobs stay on the site, I think it's 10 days, it might be 15 days. Okay. So there might only be 80,000 jobs on it right now or something like that. Right. But it's typically 15 days and it falls off. And we've just been collecting the email addresses of all the recruiters that posted all these jobs and now we'll start going out to them and saying, "Okay, do you want to spend your time posting? Uh do you want to spend your time interviewing qualified candidates?" So that's what we're going to do with that.
1: Yeah, sure. So um and then how I so apart from the anonymity, I'm getting that how is this different from another job board monster indeed, you know, uh, simply hired or what have you?
0: Uh, far more depth. Okay. On the candidate side. Yeah. Far more depth. Um, you get to talk about who you are, what you've done, what you're interested in. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it it is so we, we took the model for work insight on the candidate side, beside the anonymity. And I've just tagged that with Bumble because it's easy to explain most people. Okay, got it, Bumble. got it.
1: So it is more, it's almost like a dating site
0: where you really- it is, So it is. I can't remember the name of that big dating site. Um, anyway, it'll come to me five minutes after we're finished. But we, <laughs> we modeled it the same way. And in fact, this company actually um, started a job board as well. And we were in the running to buy it. Oh, I, bo- okay. I bowed out at 12 million. Wow. Yeah. You're not talking about Tinder? Nope. No, no, it's um oh, not Tinder. There was a professor that used to was was the 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 inventor of this. Okay, a- and he just retired <laughs> off the board about three years ago.
1: Okay, I-, so, I should write this down. It's interesting that you went
0: for Bumble
1: because I understand, or I I don't know much. I've been married for coming for twenty five years, so I don't know a lot about dating apps. But I do know that the lady who founded <laughs> Bumble, yeah, uh, had a. Uh, falling out with the yep. founder at Tinder, and she set up her a competitive dating app, which is more centered from to the female. Correct. So this fine. is
0: this is the exact same. You, you can look at it the exact same way. Yep. This one's candidate centric. There's the, the only real value, and I'll sell. I say this to clients all the time. The only real value is in the candidate. Okay. I mean, jobs have no value. None because every client has 50 10 or 15 competitors. If they can't find the best person for that job, they lose. And the candidates have been trained to come on and click and apply for jobs yeah. because they think it's, you know, swipe left, swipe right, right? How well is that working? It's not. Okay? But we need this crush right now that we've had the last year or two to prove that. So what we've built is a site that aligns with the The employer requires with what you have and your interests, and you you do it in complete anonymity. It it goes into far more depth than most people are going to like. And if um, I've never been on a dating site either, but I know how they work. Yeah. And this is a candidate-centric job board. Awesome. So how uh, can recruitment agencies use Work Insight? Absolutely. It was built for them. Okay. It was, built for the, it was built for our industry. All right. I mean, so, I'm sorry if I'm coming off as yelling, but I mean, man, <laughs> I, you know, I was the I, I was, I was 113,000 person on uh, LinkedIn. My book oh, that really? I wrote. Were oh, really? Yeah, number 113? 113, 113,000. 113, oh, okay. <laughs> I was in the first two weeks. Most of the recruiters around the world, yeah. if they could actually trace back who they got the invite from, and then who they got the invite, it comes, yeah. seriously, it comes back to me. That's Even hilarious. Shally Steckrel comes yeah. back to me, but yeah. So that's, I, I mean, sure hey, to my David quick,
1: quick aside, I remember inviting people to LinkedIn way back in the beginning, and people had no idea what you were inviting them to do. They were like, what is this? I, I, it looks suspicious. I don't know, what's it all about? I don't know if I want to join it. It was, you had to explain, like when you sent someone an invitation to join LinkedIn, you had to explain what it was all about. And you're kind of like, it's sort of like Facebook, but for business. And they're like, well, I'm not sure. So people are really skeptical about it. So what we're saying is hopefully by using Work Insight, that's going to be, uh, we're not going to be dependent on LinkedIn to find our candidates. That's the idea then.
0: Um, That's one of the benefits. Yes. There's nothing on Work Insight, but a transaction. Okay. A recruiter, an employer, a third-party recruiter, an agency needs a candidate that's got the skills. That's it. You know, we're not we're not posting slide decks. We're not putting up carousels. We're not having discussions. You know, we are going to release um, in, in the, one of the next releases, recruiters will be able to come in. And right now, you, you, if you're a specialist in XYZ, you can set yourself up as a specialist in XYZ. So if a candidate's coming in, I'm looking for a specialist in XYZ, they'll be able to find you and recruiters will be able to put up blog posts to show that they're they're an expert okay but that's the extent of it this is not a social network this is a platform for people
1: to find employment how david i don't understand how you make money from this what is this
0: what is the business model oh real simple you watch tv yep okay so if you watch tv you know unless you've got cable tv's free how do they pay for it? Ads. Advertising. Yeah. In, in this case, there will be at the bottom uh, or there will be on the site if you're a job hunter or if you're a recruiter. Oh, let's, let's, let's use you. God knows there's, you know, 100,000 people, 100,000 recruiters in, in Europe or in England, Canada, in the US. And probably all but six of them could use talking to you, if not on a regular basis, occasionally. So okay. they're customers. So I will. I'll, I'll ask you right now. I want. I, I'm in the. I'm in the process of talking to coaches, just a okay. couple, who will make them. Who I'll put in the marketplace. And ah. um, if somebody finds you, there'll mm-hmm. be a very small fee, and they sign up, there'll be a very very small fee, and you can pick up the phone. and Say, hey, David, so and so just, uh, you know, signed up with me. Uh, I'm going to send you a check. Boom, done because awesome posting a job is free finding a job is free if you want advice nobody nobody should work for free but we haven't done anything it's just a trading platform right yeah so they'll be able to find coaches i'll I'll put up my books yep. i'm putting up other people's books other people's programs so what we end up with is we end up with well lack of a better term we end up with the oracle of recruiting it's all in that one place and That's when i cool. pass, and when i pass on um I will have set up the uh, an advisory board, so okay. it just keeps going.
1: Awesome, that's fantastic, David. Um, so I know that your book hasn't been published yet, but can you just give us a, tease us about what it's gonna be about? And in fact, I, I think you people can watch a video or something <laughs> about, g- give me the website where they
0: can find out about the book. Um, you can go to Perrymartel.com. Yeah. And if you use the search tag, you should search for revolutions need leaders. Okay. I think that's all you need. And, and it'll bring up a couple of pages, but one of them has a video on it. So what's the book about? Yeah. The, the book is about the changes that we're all going through. We can talk about open AI in a second. I believe, and I've said this for the last couple of years, you heard me say it, and a couple of your contemporaries laughed when I said it. Uh, we're in the golden age of recruitment, okay, okay? But it's different. It's no recruiting going forward to be successful and profitable as a recruiter. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be about the transaction. It's going to be about what value you bring to the equation. Mm-hmm. okay? Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, the, oh, let's use open open AI as an example Open AI seven hundred when Sam got turfed, Sam yep. got turfed, seven hundred and seventy people. Signed a piece of paper that says, bring them back, or we're gone. Pardon my word, but holy fuck.
1: Yeah. Seriously. That was amazing.
0: If 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 that didn't put a, a lightning bolt through the spine of every executive and every HR manager in the world, they would they had to have been dead. Because now all of a sudden, we have the employers have said people are our, our greatest asset. Well, they just showed it, didn't they? Yeah. So Employers need to understand how to hire a leader like a Sam Altman, a leader that can make people believe in themselves, believe in each other, and believe in the cause. Yeah. And not die for it, not like the Marines, but literally 770 people said, hey, we ain't bluffing. And it's clear they weren't. That's power. But imagine harnessing that. Imagine having a company that can harness that to get their products to market, to get their services to market. This is massive yeah as a different type of individual you need and most of these people we call them 4.0 leaders okay. they all have jobs yeah. and they're not looking for jobs and they don't talk to recruiters so how do you find them well that's what the next book is about and it you know it, it uses concepts like hdr high definition recruiting okay or high definition recruitment i mean how many of your viewers or listeners have done a SWOT analysis or a gap analysis or a needs analysis um, with their clients Hmm. or force their clients to do it so that when they went to the market, they actually had a a good idea of what they actually needed to get this done, right? In terms of skill sets, experience, all that kind of stuff, and could actually talk with um, credibility to prospects who didn't want to talk to them. And that's the problem, right? So most companies never do the introspective work necessary to dig deep enough to actually have a conversation with an industry 4.0 leader or a leader that they want to they bring across. And then how do you take that from, okay, I've got this. I've built my position profile. This is what our leader looks like. How do you find out where they are? You can't advertise. They don't, they, they don't, they don't pick up the phone. You can, ask, you can ask people, well, who do you know? When was the last time that worked? So there is a better way of using LinkedIn mm-hmm. to both uh, signal these people, um, and by signal I mean find out who they are, and then mm-hmm. vet them before you even talk to them. So that the first time you talk to them, you know what they're interested in, what their causes are that they believe in, mm-hmm. which gives you the opportunity to present that part of the uh, role to them first, so you capture their attention. Make sense? Uh, sort of. There's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> well, First, I'm taking the, I'm taking yeah. all the, you know, are you familiar with social media astroturfing? No. Oh, God. I can't. So, social media astroturfing are, you've met these candidates who, you know, leave in their LinkedIn profile, you know, accomplishments, things they did that you go, wow, I got to call that guy if ever I need this. Yep. Yeah. 4.0 leaders don't do that. They don't. Huh. Um, Because they're not interested in in being found. Right. And and 4.0 leaders are about the team. A 4.0 leader is not about I must deliver a fantastic outcome. Yeah. A 4.0 leader is all about I must deliver a team that delivers a fantastic outcome. Got it. So they are leading from the back and in most cases, not even visible. So how do you find someone that's invisible? That's what this book's about. How do you talk to somebody who doesn't want to talk to you? That's what this is all about. And how do you make sure you're not getting bushwhacked, you know, that, you know, someone isn't doing the social media astroturfing. Uh, it, it's a page and a half, it solves it all. So that's what this next book is about. And it's designed to help hiring managers, employers, and especially recruiters, find those leaders that are going to help them help their clients build a business that's substantial. You know, that where there's zero turnover and people go, oh, I survive on turnover. No, you don't. You survive on growth. Okay? Right. You hire, you know, Nortel <clears throat> 20 years ago, before they had all their ups and downs, uh, tried to hire us to hire, uh, was it, uh, it was like, like 300,000 engineers for a new division. And I was dealing with the CEO at the time and the COO, and I said, I have no interest in doing this uh, search. I have interest in helping you, but no interest in, no interest in hiring 300,000 engineers. It's, it was more than $2 million in fees. I said, I hate them. I said, I don't like engineers because they don't make business. <laughs> I don't. If they don't make business decisions, they make, oh, I want a bigger monitor. or Wrong reasons. So I said, I, looked the, I, I know what you're trying to build. You need three legs. I said, I'll hire a VP for this, this, and this. Those VPs, uh, if they're good, and they will be, Will attract their own team. So there was another company that was in the networking slash telephony business. Um, and I um, outlifted really uh, 300 people. Wow. Okay. Got hire, hired the three engineers. Yeah. And they and they brought their teams with them and, and to the point where the other company that had lost all the people in one shot, like over about two weeks when this was done, took out a billboard across the street from the office where these engineers were working, big billboard that said, "We know who you are and who you work for." <laughs> <coughs> Most people in Ottawa didn't get the joke. Some people did. <sighs>
1: That's but that hilarious. was hilarious. Hey, David, um, one final question. But I, so before I share that, by the way, in the show notes, we'll put a link to where people can download Chapter One of "Revolutions Need Leaders." It's I'll send a long- you a link, Mark. Yeah, yeah. I've got the link. I've got, I can see it now in front of me. So it's Perimartel.com. Yeah, people can search for <laughs> Revolutions. They'll find it, but we'll just give them the link in the show notes. Um, I meant to ask you, and then you reminded me with something you just said, your 27-page proposal, what the heck is in your 27-page proposal?
0: Um, our understanding mm-hmm. of their issue yeah, and how we're going to solve it mm-hmm. and why they need to believe that we can solve it. Including, here's references, and mm-hmm. we have both, we have highlights. Here are four references. Call these people. And okay. By the way, Mark, if they don't call the people, we don't take the next meeting. Wow. I'm not going okay. to spend my time telling you how good I am. Why would I? This is not a dog and pony show. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, no, there's four references. And I tell people this, four references in there. Call those people and talk to them before we talk again. I also stick in links to two videos, which okay. are essentially the same thing. Yeah. So that proposal is our understanding of what your issue is, yeah. how we're going to solve it, why you, why you need to believe that we're going to solve it, how we're going to work together, yeah. exactly what we're going to do, and what you as a client are responsible for. I've had all kinds of, the only person that's got a copy of this proposal is Skip Freeman. Ah, that's hilarious! Because and he's under penalty of death if he shares it. I've been asked many
1: times. He because Skip's talked about this proposal. How do you know Skip?
0: Oh God, I've known Skip for ages. Um, You know, when he
1: was on the podcast, he (coughs) he talked about we have this now, and maybe it was twenty-seven pages, but he said we have this detailed proposal, Mm -hmm. and he explained his sales process and how he converts the retainer and that kind of stuff. So I didn't realize that. Uh, that he learned that from you.
0: Oh, well he, so this is the beauty of our, our industry, right? I, I trust Skip with my family. Okay. Um, I shared my guy. Oh, he's a fantastic guy. Yeah. Um, and a newlywed, he just got married. Um, he's a newlywed as of middle of December. Anyway. Wow. um, Yeah. Congratulations, Skip, if you're, (laughs) if you're listening. (laughs) And, uh, uh, he asked me for it and I said, Sure because he shared some stuff with me. I had him put a piece in one of the guerrilla marketing books. Okay. And he did that because I read his book. I mean, anybody writes anything, I'm going to read it. Sure. You know, if, if nothing else, I'm a cheerleader, right? Yeah. Um, so I phoned him up and said, I love this stuff. So we started ch- talking. So when he asked me for my proposal, I said, sure, done. So what he did is he wrote it in his style and he sends it back to me. And, and I'm reading this going, shit. This is really good. Why didn't I think of that? So I called him up. I said, "Would you mind if I, uh, i put my own spin on?" He said, "No, go ahead." You know, and the, uh, when I did, when I wrote the inside-out mm. approach, which is available on, on our website, it's our process. So rather than forcing clients to read two of my books, because we know that's not going to happen, um, we I condensed uh, Hiring Greatness and Executive Recruiting for Dummies into ten pages. It's okay. available for free on the website. It's called the inside-out approach. It's what we do, how we do it, why it matters, and how we partner with clients and how that all works out. I love it. David, something
1: that we do in our coaching program that I think you'd uh, appreciate is the beauty of having a community of really smart, ambitious, thoughtful, you know, uh, recruiters who are like-minded uh, together is that we learn from each other. Like People join our program because they want to learn from me, from Leanne, from Julie, our coaching team. But actually, I, I learn from our clients every day and they learn from each other. And so anytime someone does something brilliant, we ask them to share it with the rest of the group. And so we'll do what we call a hot seat. So recently, one of our clients, Rebecca Hastings, she's now 100% retained. I need to get her on the podcast. I don't know why she's not been on yet, uh, mental note. Um, But she wins virtually 100% of the pitches of the business she wants. Like you, she doesn't take every search. But the ones she wants, she gets almost 100%. I'm listening. listening. Yeah. And um, so she presented – we did a live summit uh, back in the summer in Edinburgh. She presented her – way. she called it Visualizing Value – to differentiate your service. And she talked about how she runs those meetings and she shared her whole proposal document and everything. And like you, she has got a very extensive proposal, but she also, t- she it's almost like a demo because she shows people how, exactly how she's going to deliver the outcome rather than just tell them how good she is. She actually shows them what's involved and and their people are blown away and they, they they sign up. And so she shared that with the rest of our group. So that's what I love is, recruiters who are willing to help and support each other in order for everybody to everybody to win
0: so an observation yeah um and then an idea and Go then for it. A, a last comment and i'll shut up i swear everybody uh, <laughs> observation you know i uh, i know probably every i probably know every recruiting um coach in the world that speaks english you um have done an an incredible job of building a community that supports each other. And I just got to tell you, hands down, I'm just so impressed. I really am so impressed. Um, My idea would be when you have someone like me on, I would love to, if I was watching, I would love to get a transcript. I would pay for it. I thought about this yesterday. Mm. I would pay for a transcript of everything that we talked about. Okay. And I would pay for it if, at the end of this, yeah, you summarized it into here are the here's what you should have learned, and then ask a couple of questions yes. about how would you how would you apply these how could these ideas be applied to your business. I think if if you took it once, I don't know if you already yeah. do that. I, I apologize. No, I don't. Know if I you don't. And do David,
1: that. I. I love that idea. Sorry, I interrupted. Please continue.
0: No, it's just going to say, for for nine ninety nine or whatever you wanted to charge, and I would mm-hmm. charge to make sure that you just don't get people who say, "Oh yeah, I'm going to read it," and then it sits on their on their desktop. Um, if there's if, if there's no money charged, there's no value, there's no action. But I would pay money for that. Um, I would pay uh, money, for, and I'm the cheapest guy you're ever going to meet. <laughs> David, thank you so much
1: for the compliment. I sincerely appreciate that. That means a lot to me, especially coming from you. And I am going to action that suggestion right away. It's genius. Um,
0: That's definitely happening. So can I make two more comments and then I shut up?
1: Okay. Sure. Um, Keep it coming.
0: I think your listeners would enjoy reading that book, The Um, The Win Without Pitching Manifesto. Yeah. I, I, everything's reversed on my side. I, I don't get why, but that's, a, a, it's what title, the wind the author? Without, Blair ends, E N N S E N N S. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. I, gave, I, gave, it I read it. And then I, I, I gave it to my son. He goes, Holy shit. We, we do almost all this now. I said, yeah. So can you operationalize <laughs> the rest of it? Cause he's, he's training to take the business. Right. Um, I would do that. And the, the other thing is, uh, I can send you a link. Um, Probably the the, one of the best things that I do that most people don't do, it's not because I'm smart, um, is ask good questions. And I say that because I'm not the smartest bulb on the tree. I get that. Um, But I learn fast. And if someone else has done it, I can do it better. So I have an author who does nothing but write books about the questions you should be asking your clients, A, to get business and B, to get more business. And that's the idea. And if more recruiters could learn to approach clients like this, they'd get more business, and we'd get more of the world's problems taken care of because we'd all have more time because stuff would just get done faster. And the secret is in asking the right question. You know, I had someone a week ago, maybe two weeks ago now, on a Zoom call, ask me, what keeps you up at night? And I said, okay, so you're sitting down, right? She said, yes, I said, okay. So take this in the spirit that it's meant. I'm going to tell you, that's the most asinine question you could possibly ask someone like me or any other CEO or senior business person for the following reasons. I said, now, I'll tell you what the reasons are. If you have the stomach to sit and listen to this, she's like, she's 30 nothing. She takes a pen out of her mouth. She sits up. She says, go. And we talked for about another hour. You know, I felt good because I'm helping her with her career and her clients are going to benefit, but it's stuff like that. You know, I, you know Seth Godin, I got a question. Like I read all Seth's stuff. I've yep. called him on multiple occasions to go, okay, I need you to come to Ottawa to give us uh, a seminar. How much is it going to cost me? Uh, $80,000 80, $80, plus the first class tickets. Okay, fine. Um, and this is what I needed on. So learn from other people. You know, you're a conduit to everybody. But learn from other people, especially people outside our industry. Because we really are walking into a time where we become full-blown management consultants. Yes. People can't do what we do. They can't. And I shouldn't say that. They can. They don't have the time. They just want to know that you actually know what you're doing. And asking questions like that and approaching it the way we've talked about today... Um, forces them to give you the respect that you know you do. Um, and rather than um, feel slighted by a client, you, you might as well take their shoe off and whack them in the head right away. And then if you survive, it's a great relationship. It's not for everybody, but it is. Because the first time you rip someone's shoe off and whack them at the side of the head and give it back to them, oh my God, you've, ch- <laughs> you've changed the dynamic completely, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would change someone's state. Absolutely. David, 100% agree. The art of asking questions and actually listening and then challenging the customer um, 100%. It's fun. People think recruiters have the gift of the gab. No, the best recruiters ask the right questions yep. and you know, and then shut up. Uh, David, it's been an absolute honor and, uh, so much fun catching up with you again. And, uh, let's, let's do this again. When's, when's the book coming out? Six months time. I, I don't know. Okay. Ron's,
0: Ron's chapters are done. Ron's oh, chapters- Oh, you're the
1: bottleneck here.
0: Well, I've got to explain, um, you know, high definition recruitment. I've got to explain social media, astroturfing. I have to explain what pilots are because, um, and pointers- because these are terms that are not familiar to anyone in the recruiting industry. When they hear it and I explain it, they go, Oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. I mean, I can start a search on on I can start a search on a Monday morning and I have the person I need identified mid-morning. I did a, I did a CIO search for a telecom company, satellite company. We spent three days talking about it, and I turned it over to the research group. They sent me back. Probably 700 people that fit the loose profile. I spent three hours reading through stuff, and then I picked up the phone and called one guy, and I presented one guy. And uh, unfortunately, my client loved him, um, and they were miles apart. I had a, I had a I had a I had a I had a budget of 180,000 plus, and I said, "How much plus?" They said, "Whatever it takes." That's fine. That's so always it, a lie. It it was well, you know. Yeah. Yes, it was. It was an exaggeration. It took eight months to put the deal together and it cost three quarters of a million. Wow. That's pretty far apart. Plus a percentage. Yes. But they wouldn't have hired him if the value wasn't there. Sure. They were only just mad at me and they were quite mad at me, but it's it's all going to work out in the end because they're hitting the numbers that they need to hit because only this particular guy could deliver on this particular aspect.
1: Great story. David, I feel like we could chat all day. So I look forward to next time and uh, look, I'll let you go and enjoy the rest of your birthday. Thank you very much, sir. It's always a pleasure. Have a wonderful week. All right, take care. Thanks Mark, bye. Thanks David. Thank you for listening to The Resilient Recruiter. I know how busy recruiters are, so I'm honored that you're investing this time with me each week. I don't take your attention for granted. That's why I'm going all out to deliver value for you here. Real insights you can apply to improve your business. And if you really want to help me to reach a wider audience and impact more people, please consider leaving the show a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you leave me a review, please reach out and let me know so I can thank you personally. Please hit the subscribe button and I'll see you next time.